to Big Red Couch, the podcast about making role-playing games. A group of GMs and players draw ideas from the mystery box and bring their game pitches to you. Welcome, dear listener, to the Big Red Couch. My name is Ben. I go by the pronouns he and him. I hail from Auckland, New Zealand. And here to talk with me about role-playing games or particularly obscure long-running joke that we've had about talking about role-playing games and not actually playing them is my co-host Craig. Who does also hail from Auckland, New Zealand, but is not in Auckland, New Zealand because like international travel is a thing. Um, I also know it's not. Lies, lies, lies. Sorry. (laughs) Fair enough. Okay. (laughs) The area outside of New Zealand is in fact filled with angry ghosts and a howling wasteland. Didn't you go to Australia once, like, against your will? Yeah, and that was, to be fair, full of angry ghosts, so that's... I, I've not been dissuaded. I think that's just Sydney. <laughs> yeah, fair. Or maybe just the <laughs> airport. Like, that's the only bit of, of, of Sydney I've actually been to is the airport, but um, a howling wasteland full of angry ghosts does accurately describe it, though they were doing construction at the time. I, I also use he, him, uh, though I, to be fair, also answer to they, them, and indeed, never bothered to correct people on how to pronounce my name. This was pointed out to me yesterday by um, by a friend uh, who, who pointed out that one of my many, many managers has no idea how to pronounce my surname and demonstrated this on a conference call. I didn't bother correcting him. There has been a history of people calling you Greg and once Ahmed, which was... Yep. Particularly puzzling. I assume that was a bad connection. I think that might have been in person. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Ah, okay. Yeah, Greg Greg is a popular one. Dave happens a bit. You do look a little bit like a Dave. I'm, I'm sorry, but it... Is it the beard? Just a, it's it's a whole thing. I don't, I'm not sure. Okay. You, you kind of look like an engineer, and all engineers are called Dave. Well, like 95% of them are called Dave, so maybe that's what's going on there. But, you know, I think my, my favourite one is that the pronunciation that comes out of certain corners of the United States where your name comes out as Craig. And, mm. I mean, Warlord Craig of the Great Interstellar Empire I can get behind, but Craig. I, I, I'm not opposed to it. Yeah, I'm not. I don't think I'm doing it correctly. It, it's, it's, not, it's like a sound I can't actually manifest with my, my flimsy... Antipodean um, voice box, but yeah, it's it's strange. It seems to be a North American East Coast thing, maybe Upper East Coast. I'm not sure because so Massachusetts kind of. I I think from sort of New York upwards, maybe. Um, okay. I'm, I'm I'm hazy on the details, but it it doesn't happen in Indiana or Illinois or. Um, or, or a friend from uh, Arkansas. But, I mean, it may come down to as much as... If it is if it is an uncommon name in in the US, which probably, it may just be a case of how the hell do you pronounce that? I mean, my surname's worse. So just there's like three countries in the world where that gets pronounced properly. Or properly-ish. I've known you long enough that that seems like a really normal surname. And... Since there are a lot of, there's, there's a fair amount, number of Scots descent people in New Zealand, it seems pretty ordinary, to be honest, but yeah, my, my one is is relatively 
unknown, but if if you if you pronounce it like an American would read it, you can spell it correctly. Mm. You just chill out on the, uh, the some of the vowels. It is how we how I'm used to saying it. <laughs> yeah, just slide all the vowels towards the end of the alphabet, which is pretty much how New Zealanders speak anyway. So indeed, it's, it's, it's it's very relaxed and self-effacing way of using an alphabet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The New Zealand accent is very efficient. We don't really use the letter T, and the the, the vowel U is really the only one we 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 bother with. Um, we're, we're saving it for the rest of you. You're welcome. <laughs> don't worry, don't wear it out. Indeed. So so we have a prompt for today, mm-hmm. which comes to us from the the fertile and productive brain of John. Indeed. And which reads Gen Con Gothic. I did try to make this work with Battlefleet Gothic, and I couldn't. I couldn't really come up with anything for that one. I I got the same. Yeah, I'm not up on my up, up on my hams so much, but the the vague idea of like cathedrals bristling with firearms, floating through space, exploding. I can almost see that, but if Gen Con is one of those, what's another one of those? So yeah, it doesn't quite make Origins? sense in that. E three, eh, Metatopia. No, not so much. There'll be some sort of Eldar thing. Um, <laughs> or chaos, I don't know. We should stop comparing things in the real world to um, Warhammer, because uh, well, Games Workshop just figured out that was a bad, that's that's a bad idea, and have had actually had to say the the what everyone assumed was the obvious thing out loud. So um, yeah, I think I missed and, that one. Oh, uh, it's the thing where they've actually had to post the thing where it's like fascism is bad, guys. There are no goodies in Warhammer Forty K. Especially not the Imperium of Man. Please stop. <laughs> wow. Okay, I'm kind of glad I missed that because that makes me hurt a little in my soul. Yeah. I mean, the, the standard joke about Warhammer 40k being a game about Catholic space Nazis, it it's not meant to be a good thing. Well, yeah, exactly. It's, 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 you didn't, it's supposed to be a satire. Some people... Are impervious to satire, oh. and there we go. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it is a, uh, in, in, in a in a in a faintly rational world, they wouldn't have had to say it, but they as it was, they took too long, and well, they took longer than they mm. could have, that's for sure. But yes, that is uh, probably hoping they didn't have to. There is actually a Games Workshop store in the the very small town that I live in. Which is uh, has started rolling out its Christmas advertising. So um, we've got <laughs> Wait, what, some what, sort what, of what, goblin what, what, Santa what, what, thing. What? <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll see if I can take oh. a picture and put it in the the, the notes. Um. <laughs> and the, the the thing is, and 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 this is a little a little uh, lockdown trick that I developed. It's there is a um, there is a YouTube channel called 4K Explorer, which is literally just somebody wandering around town central pedestrian areas and towns in england with a gopro or like a little cantilever mounted camera filming what's going on and i can tell you there are a lot of games workshop stores like a surprising amount there are more like Ladbrooks and uh fredbet bedfred fredbet is a there's a there's a lot of a lot of bookies. There's uh, your super drug, which is a chemist. There's a, a 
booths or boots as a as a chemist as well boots is another chemist this is pharmacy just in case yeah. Yep, yep. Um, your Icelands and your Marks and Sparks and and various sorts of grocery supermarket adjacent things. Iceland were fantastic during the early days of, of COVID lockdown here because for some reason in this town, people forgot that they were there. And so you'd have these enormous queues, like lap of the car park queues to get into the big supermarkets, and then Iceland, who, based on the name, basically the shtick is, hey, we've got a bunch of stuff in chillers. No queues whatsoever. It was awesome. And, like, they don't have a huge range. It's sort of a, do you want bread? We've got toast slice or non-toast slice. Pick whichever you want. It on is, the other hand, it is all you're not standing in a line for an hour and a half. Indeed, yeah. yeah. It's all, it's all okay. store brand or close to, but uh, they, they were... Fantastic. I, I, I developed brand loyalty to a supermarket. I feel dirty. Indeed. And yep, there is a, uh, a secret Easter egg that I will not share for the uninitiated in the uh, Aylesbury walkthrough. But I was just putting them on a screen next to my uh, work screen and feeling like I was getting outside and maybe putting in my steps. Fun fact, that does not work like that, but I did feel better. <laughs> so yes, there's, there's, and there's, there's a... There's lots of slow TV and stuff, which can help you feel less like you're trapped, or you have your, your, your you have your monitor shut down on one machine and staring blankly at you. <clears throat> so yes, that's a, that's a lockdown amelioration process. I I'd not thought of that, but it's quite a nice idea. It's not bad. It's not bad. There's a place called South Shield, which has a bizarre number of. Flax and toy toy and other New Zealand plants around a pirate-themed golf course along one of the very nautically named uh, coastal parts of the world. Huh. And you know, and there's there's, a, there's spots in in Wales which are like wildly um, uh, Alice in Wonderland themed and so forth. And it's like a like they're like between like twenty and forty minute walks, and you can just put the playlist on and shuffle, and you go, oh, cool. Um, yeah, it's, it, I found I found that approximately soothing. I wouldn't call it like pharmacy grade, but you know, <coughs> better than nothing. So yeah, hmm. now makes me wonder if there is some sort of that that sort of walkthrough of an event like Gen Con. He says seamlessly transitioning to the topic. Nice, since I was literally rambling. Narrator, no, no, he wasn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> or at least virtually rambling. So that that is that was a, that's a good call, indeed. I did try at one point to take a a, a walkthrough video of the gigantic line for um, will call uh, badge and ticket pickup at Gen Con, but it's hampered somewhat by me using a smartphone with no stabilization whatsoever and being kind of a clumsy twitchy person. So what I had was a few minutes of unwatchable video <laughs> a few minutes of emetic video <laughs> a little bit yeah it was just a no I'm, I'm not even playing just no yeah that's that's the sort of thing that somebody with like steady hands and a more steady gait and indeed image stabilization needs to do but i'm sure somebody's done it a gimbal get get thee to a gimbal indeed let's see so jim Cotton gothic 
We have a suggestion from John. I mean, given that it was his prompt, it was highly unlikely that he didn't have an idea for it. And when I started reading John's prompt, just in the process of putting everything in the one place, I had this horrifying, oh God, have we, has he sunk my battleship? And then realized that no, it looked like he had, but actually, it's not like my idea is 180 degrees out of sync with his. It's about 90 degrees out of sync. They could exist in the same world, which is quite fun mm. for me. Okay. Interesting. With that in mind, so I've obviously got an idea that is somewhat related to John's, though come up with independently. Just want to stress that. Do you have a thing for this? I don't, which is a bit of a shame since I got a, a, a grand old time telling myself off for, for the last idea. Partially, I think it's because that I, I was thinking of, A, yes, the hams in space thing didn't quite make sense. But that was kind of, that was kind of, I thought about gothic literature and it's all bleak moors and, and, and women being threatened by terrible old architecture on the covers of books and so forth. And got, it's got its, it's, you know, as a you know, romantic school literature, it's got its tropes. But it didn't feel great that 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 kind of centering of the 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 role-playing games have this has still have this issue with gatekeeping and it doesn't seem like the best idea to use that and gen con as a as a focus and hadn't been able to get past that when i decided that yeah maybe maybe i don't have a uh, a stellar contribution to that one except reading john's which I could do now, if you think it'll, you also make a good counterpoint to... Uh... I think it will, though um, something I will throw in there on the, the sort of the gothic, the gothic literature, that the notion of a, a convention centre styled in the, the manner of a stately manor house has a certain appeal to it. And, you know, the notion of of people sort of dressed in a windswept and interesting fashion in 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 this this convention center while a, a terrible storm rages outside and the fell beast stalks the moors but we've got a game of apocalypse world to get to that i don't know where you go with it but the image is quite fun of sort of a a gothic gothic romantic period convention i mean Oh, Unfortunately, no, you've given, you, you have given me an idea, unless this is one that conflicts with your one. What if it was role-playing games set in the romantic romance era? Mr. Darcy is your GM kind of thing. Oh, this does not conflict with my idea, so... Okay, so actually, is that, that actually, if, if, it is, if it is not stealing your idea out of, out of the ether, the idea that you had... A game convention being run in a Bronte sisters, it's like setting or something. I'm not sure if that's exactly gothic. It's it's adjacent, I suspect. But the idea that you have um, Wuthering Heights, but it's your night. It's it's your weekly D and D session. That would be very. That would be you know the, the people having these tense conversations about you know Thacko and so forth rather than the the social mores of the time. That would be kind of interesting. I don't know if I have the breadth of skill or knowledge of that kind of literature to do that properly, but that would be hilarious. <laughs> so are are we just to be clear? Are we talking? 
Are we talking a role-playing game set in that era, or are we talking kind of a a meta a meta thing where you are you are playing people playing a role-playing game in that era? Yes, exactly. You are you are Jane Eyre GM. You are and you are attending possibly the big soiree. But it is actually a gaming convention. But everyone has their 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 hats and fans and 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 and, and so. But all of the cunning social maneuvering is taking place with you know miniatures and dice in front of them. Interesting. Okay. There are people in this world who could come up with a lot better. That I I am I am seeing the corners of that idea. I don't know the. I mean, there are there are bound to be these days regency or. I don't even know the right terminology, but there there are role playing games about those kinds of settings. But the idea of putting role playing games in those settings and running a role playing game about it just <laughs> amuses me greatly. And you could probably do this trick for another a, a number of other like eras. Mm. But the I <laughs> that's got some legs to it. That's that... but Mister Darcy, who be the cleric? So kind of conundrums. <laughs> I mean, where where it, where it took me was sort of a bit later, and um, yeah, because it, it very much sounds like the setup to an Agatha Christie um, novel. Uh, yeah, this, with, you could move it into different eras and so forth, but it would be interesting to see what the. Um, I, I'm pretty sure we know we both know people who know a lot more about this. There are people. There are people who who could who could flesh this idea out better. But the idea that mm. that we even maybe suggest it or suggest someone to tell us about someone who's already done it. Yeah. That is, that is a better energy that, to put out into the world than me trying to come up with something about that. So if they exist, we'd really like to hear about it because that sounds weird, but dope. Something it puts me in mind of is the Shabal Hiri Roach. Oh yeah. Okay. Wait, I mean, admittedly, that one, as I, to, to my understanding of it, is a competitive, a, a more competitive RPG. Mm. You, you, you can't win the game with the roach kind of thing. But that kind of, that kind of social, I mean, you could probably do a very interesting fiasco playset based on this. Because presumably a game in which somebody decides who's going to be the cleric and a bunch of a bunch of people play Dungeons and Dragons in a gothic setting. That in of itself doesn't actually sound that interesting. But if presumably it's it's what happens around the games that is is the focus oh, of absolutely, things. Yes. You're not playing people playing D D, you are playing people having social manoeuvring and, you know, skullduggery and, 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 and so forth. The the gag is that you're also dealing with role-playing gamer tropes while you do so. That, that's the distinction. Mm. Yes. So we must... Um, yes, we're off to play a rousing game of... Yes, we're off to play a rousing, rousing game of Dungeons and, and Dragons, but we must also try to catch the uh, the eye of the mysterious stranger, who rumour has it, uh, is, is improbably wealthy and would make a suitable match. <laughs> that works alarmingly well. Yeah, I think it's it just you, you. You rather you just replace in as clunky, possibly as clunky way as possible, all of the like 
dances and assignations and letter writing with your weekly games and a game convention and and you you may coming up with a perfect scenario to um, ensnare your uh, your intended. I mean, the fact that you can just drop gaming convention into the space where the the, the great social event of the the season, the ball at the manor, mm. worries me a little bit. Though probably not as much as it should. It's not quite gothic, but it's a bit gothic. <laughs> so. Mm. Yes, I, I'm. I'm happy that I've made a, with your invaluable assistance and John's, no doubt, based on the uh, on the, uh, the the notion which we've. Fun fact: we've already read through once because of uh, technical issues. <laughs> In very complicated technical issues, which could be briefly summed up as Craig forgot to hit the recording button. And Ben did not remind Craig to hit the recording button either. So we are. Equally culpable, but that's teamwork for you. To be fair, that's the first time that's happened. In yeah, like 160-something no. episodes, or probably 170-something episodes, when we count the belligerent and numerous specials, that's actually the first time that's happened. Yeah, we're very proud of ourselves. I mean, there was one time when the entire recording didn't save, uh, but that's... That'll, that'll happen too. Yeah. Cool. All right, so I shall read... John's contribution, because that will be a great thing, from John. You and your friends finally have finally made it to the Mecca of Gaming, Gen Con. Yes, you're staying at a Motel 8 at the edge of town. It's all you could afford. It does mean a 30-minute commute to the convention, but you are here. Opening day happens, and you and thousands of others crowd into the venue, and you have time to look around before your first event. Oh, look! That, look at that guy in the cool Grim Reaper outfit one of your, one of your calls out. Only nobody in a Grim Reaper outfit is where they indicated. Thus begins the four days of terror and existential dread. Oh yeah. Weird things keep happening. Like that midnight game where seven players, six old and one young, go, in, uh, go into the room and in the morning, six young people emerge. As you play games... And if you like, you, you could possibly play yourselves attending the event, though that is up to you. You discover that something is not right in Indianapolis, the ICC and the associated venues. I would suggest using one of the Lovecraftian mythos RPGs for this, as a sanity stat is very much needed. There are people cosplaying monsters, and monsters cosplaying as something else. There are also lots of mundane horrors as well. I believe this is a reference to the bathrooms. You've been there, man. Uh, I, I, I don't know. There, there are peaks and troughs. Yeah, that was probably the problem. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they should have stuck to urinals. It's a lot more sanitary. Um, <laughs> for instance, in the open gaming area, there's an old man who set up a vintage Monopoly game, and yet there's nobody playing with him. You've seen him there all four days. It seems like he's the first one to arrive. And looking closely... The faded badge that he's wearing appears to reference Gen Con 1. That's just the first of the oddities. This prompt was inspired by a collection of, insert place here, gothic lists on Tumblr, like this lovely collection of Kansas gothic. I assume those are images of various um, creepy things. That's that's a reasonable and creepy assumption. And um, Yeah, it's like like the, uh, the Liminal Spaces uh, Twitter account, which is like, 
yeah, I have been here in a dream that I don't want to remember kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, there's creepy, creepy, creepy pictures. Quite a lot of creepy text. Hmm. Okay. So, how does your situation balance with that? Just before we do that, just on that comment about the, the old guy with the badge from, from, from Gen Con 1, when I read that, my thought was, oh, Mike, I met him. So that, that's just a thing. I'm just throwing that one out there. Yeah, there, there are actually some people who went to the very first Gen Con who still hmm. go to Gen Con, which is quite remarkable under the circumstances. It is, yes, it's getting more and more remarkable every time. But mm. yes, and the, the, some of them may indeed be compelled to um, wear a, a facsimile of the original badge, you know, wear faded old clothing and um, wrap themselves in cobwebs <laughs> just to... Just to play up the bit. I mean, I can't really fault them for it. Uh, And something, like like Ben said, this is actually our second run at this. So we we get the chance to do editing, which doesn't happen that often. Something that occurred with with this setup is, you know, this is is a horror or horror-adjacent game, obviously. It might be more eerie Indiana than Twilight Zone. Well, actually, it's... As I think I said, it might be the lap of the Red Death, depending on um, depending on how, how grim you take it. But, yeah. Mm. Something that occurred was the notion of, you know, the people sort of set, sort of looking around, seeing all these creepy things. And be- because there's kind of that joke of horror games of, well, we can go into the, the abandoned, the creepy abandoned mansion where people walk in and they never walk out and there's horrible screaming... Or we can go catch a bus at the Greyhound station that's right next door. Let's just buy some tickets and, and parachute out of the scenario. Hopefully not too many people do that. Though, to be fair, the way I run horror games, that's always an option. Uh, and sometimes it's the good one. However, the notion of people sort of looking around at Gen Con and the, the Indiana Convention Center and the, the surrounding hotels and the stadium, seeing this creepy stuff and thinking... Okay, let's just go back to our, our nice, safe motel room where it'll, it'll be fine. A lot of, yeah, assuming they've sort of booked through the housing block, there are kind of campuses, there, there are clusters of hotels that deals have been made with for housing, which means that you get sort of lobby gaming and that sort of thing at the hotels that people are commuting in from. So, yeah. You get in your car or you get your Uber. You you go back to your hotel. This is awesome. This is safe. How is the old guy with the Monopoly set here before us? Why is he looking at us and when is he going to blink? And to be fair, this is because terrible players have hurt Craig in the past. And he's always trying to figure out how not to have people pull the ejector seat uh, lever and leave the game before it starts. But... I think partially that the you know normally the normal motivation that the, the the characters should be motivated to be part of this scenario, which is why you don't play bait and switch games where you don't you say right this is the kind of thing you want build a character who'd want to get involved. Partially, I think it's the built into the premise that this is your first Gen Con. Maybe you haven't been to a gigantic game convention before. I mean, my my own particular case, the likelihood that I'm going to a Gen Con at any point seems pretty slim. And as Craig accuses me of imagining that the outside, the world outside New Zealand is just, you know, a desolate wasteland full of howling ghosts. And there was that one time in, in, in Sydney, fair, that probably doesn't count, that's just Sydney. 
It, it might just be the... I mean, I've, I've only ever seen the airport they were renovating at the time, but a howling wasteland full of angry ghosts was an accurate description. The idea of turning up to this, this big event and it's suddenly turning out to be shit for some reason is something that, you know, that anxiety may play a part in why I think, you know, Gen Con's probably not going to happen. But also, it would be the reason that once you were there, you would be very committed to having a time, even maybe not a good time. So that, that might be less, I think that's less of a problem than you might imagine. And, but the fact that you've got the, like, the idea that, oh no, we, we will make our escape. You, you, know, you know the layout of the, 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 um, the setting and well enough to know. Like, well, actually, Gen Con isn't just the, the, the ICC is the Indiana and or Annapolis and or indeterminate uh, slash interchangeable convention center. Um, I believe it's Indiana Convention Center. Indiana. Okay. But it, it, it's bigger than that. It's, it's taken over this whole thing. Oh, yeah. It's the convention center, every connected hotel, and the stadium. Mm. But that's that's useful collateral for the game, that you know that this is a casino. But I think more that, that you have the, the uneasiness compound, and, you know, there's this, this, this creeping terror of things are not as they should be. It's not just that the, the game you've signed up, the guy's using a published module and he's reading the flavour text. That's bad. But... <laughs> yeah. there, there, are, there, are th- there, there are other things afoot. And you're... So you, it's, the slow, it's the slow immersion thing. It is one of those, those, those settings that like the more challenge response combative style of games or mystery and horror type games they tend to be reliant on the gm to have that stuff ready and it's i, I guess you could do a bit more collaborative stuff collaborative stuff for um horror but you would have to have a really good way of keeping everyone on the same page and keeping everyone escalating things to approximately the right rate to say all right this thing happens. Oh, that's that's scary. Okay, cool. This is we feel scared. This thing, the next thing that happens will be more scary. But uh, when we try to escape it, we'll run into the absolutely terrifying thing. Is the you know the kind of progression, and then you're dealing with you're dealing with that sort of, that sort of stuff. But yeah, I, I think that you can, and I think I believe John has wisely headed that up with yes. You sure this feels wrong, but you're not sure absolutely why mm. I, something I don't even know if there is a system to cover this but something that occurs here you can actually do the slow creeping horror game you can also do the Scooby-Doo ending because a, a convention center with associated hotels a, an environment with connected like streets and skywalks and that sort of thing is brilliant for the panicked running around Sort of characters running past in one direction, monster running past, and a skywalk in the other direction. They both see each other, do that Spider-Man point thing, and then run off in different directions. You could absolutely do that. You'd kill the tone, but you could do that. I think you're arguing against yourself there, but okay. It's it's worth noting. Mm. Possibly the idea that you have accidentally attended the other Gen Con 
not the not the shadow con that that's different those folks are lovely and you really got on if you met socially but the place where the things that have been playing these games for millennia and the people who never want to stop playing the games and may never kind of things hang out and you're just adjacent to your to your reality where you where you are currently and you've got to find a way maybe maybe the way to get back is through the games and so forth and that is the reason that you can't just nope out of the scenario the rules are different this time mm. you've fought you've fallen through hmm that person with the, the the old chess set that they refer to as their first chess set but it's also the first chess set indeed mm. huh. yeah no, that's pretty interesting yeah no, i could definitely take that um i might not use a sanity mechanic as such a stress mechanic Probably would make a bit, be a bit more, um, it's a bit more wholesome and also includes other, other aspects, not just kind of dealing badly with mental health, which is something that, you know, role playing games have also had an issue with forever. So, Mm. yeah, but I'm sure there are, there are things there to, um, to keep track of how bad a day your character is having, which is basically (laughs) what we use those numbers for. That's silly, that's whatever happens to my characters. That's fair. Uh, okay, so I guess spring, springboarding off that one, and hopefully people will, will see the connections here, though I do need to, to do a little bit of setup, and I apologise in advance, uh, that a while ago, sort of as the great plague of our times kicked off, and various societal and workplace changes were occurring, specifically because in... The, the company I work for has a, a fairly large number of young employees. They have an entire graduate program. And thus, once it was decided that the offices would close, a lot of these people found themselves, they're living in rented, shared houses in a town nowhere near any of their family members. Yeah. They have no idea how long they're going to be working from this rented, shared house. And so a lot of them just simply went home. And there was this sort of this great, great diaspora of people scattered across a large amount of England. Who Craig was vaguely resentful of because he had certain other things that stopped him from equally equally freeloading, or at least getting a different place. Very much so. Um, yeah. But one of the things I did look at, just in the, the idle curiosity, before, uh, before New Zealand sort of started closing, well, imposing quarantine, and it became somewhere between incredibly difficult and flat-out impossible to actually get into the country, uh, depending on which newspaper reporter you follow, I did start looking at, well, okay, what would, assuming I could even do this thing, what would working for a company in the UK from New Zealand look like? And the time zone difference is, on average, about 12 hours. It's either 11 or 13, depending and so it's effectively a full-on night shift. It would be, it would be a full-on night shift uh, job. And as is my want, I started sort of just looking into, looking into what that would look like. Um, found a lot of hilarious and um, sometimes awful information on the night shift uh, Reddit community, uh, including the, I think, lovely phrase for people who don't work night shift of daywalkers. <laughs> so that's that, that's some setup which hopefully you'll see the relevance because 
when I looked at Gen Con Gothic, and I discounted the Battlefleet Gothic thing because I couldn't figure out a way of making it work, it put me in mind of the White Wolf Gothic Punk setting. It was... I don't know that that was a phrase that got used for a long time in their marketing. They kind of shifted into the World of Darkness sort of branding, but there was this whole gothic punk thing, which made me start to think of the various White Wolf World of Darkness games, in particular Vampire the Masquerade, because there you've got people who are, by their very nature, permanently on night shift. And so it... Yeah, having sort of looked at that and having read various things of, of people complaining about or at least commiserating with the issues of night shift and the amount of society that simply doesn't work if you're not around during the day. And this is, yeah, quite aside from neighbours who just run lawnmowers and power tools constantly or family members who seem to be literally unable to understand that people need to sleep during the day. Uh, sort of leaving those bits aside... It put me in mind of the plight, as it were, of somebody, you know, a, a white wolf vampire who really just wants some level of society that isn't yet another goth club or a late night bar or or maybe a very late opening cafe. But they want, yeah, they want some level of society that also isn't other vampires because eh, vampires are dicks. So... <laughs> An event like Gen Con, like Gen Con specifically, is a 24-hour event. I mean, obviously not with the pandemic raging, but um, under normal circumstances, there's gaming scheduled 24 hours. I've wandered through the gaming halls at 3 in the morning, and yeah, they're mostly empty, but there are still people there. They are playing games, or they are sitting around talking about games, or just generally sitting around talking about stuff. And so gave me the idea that for something like um yeah for 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 a a white wolfy vampire something like gen con is the opportunity you can get to have some level of social life some level of interaction some little slice of normality even if it's only for a few days and yeah you're not there as a vampire you're just there to enjoy yourself however that doesn't necessarily mean that everybody else is there for that same reason which is kind of where my idea and John's idea can, can intersect. Because the notion that, you know, you're there as this, this horrifying creature of the night, you're just there possibly to play games, or possibly you don't even care about the games. You're not really interested in playing board games or role-playing games or anything else. You just want to interact with people who aren't other vampires and or bloodbags. But other people, possibly other vampire people, might see this as just a full-on nerd buffet. You'd like that to not happen. And so you kind of find yourself in the situation of this is the opportunity for your horrifying creature of the night to be the big damn hero that maybe you've always wanted to be, or maybe you're just finding yourself forced to be, trying to protect this tiny little fragment of normality that you've managed to find. Hmm. Maybe even it's not quite the world of darkness that you have a... Um the, the subculture of, of creatures are the night, but some of them are just like, most of them are still just normal people. And they're aware that folks being unaware of this, this, this condition and this, this, this sort of hidden society might be in danger. So they're having to split their time between like playing some kick-ass games and so forth and, and hanging out with friends they haven't seen for literally for a whole year 
and also tracking down the suspicious pale person who who might be uh, sneaking a few um, cheeky drainings around the mm. place. That'd be, that would be an interesting sort of split of um, priorities. It does vaguely remind me of the Murderbot Diaries, to be honest, that you recommended to me. I've read a couple of the novels of. It's like, yes, I don't have a lot in common with these people, but I'd really rather they didn't die, and they're really bad at not dying in a lot of situations. Hmm. <laughs> I hadn't thought of that, but yeah, that is a good... That, that is a good point. Um, and I remember... I remember back in the day, the the tendency for uh, Werewolf the Apocalypse games to end up as games about furry ecological superheroes. This is kind of the opportunity for for people playing uh, playing vampires to kind of do the same. It's like, yes, we're here to protect our community. Ignore the bloodstains, it's fine. Yeah, I mean... You know, if you had a right-on leftist, like, vampire looking after the uh, people on the fringes and the minorities and doing a bit of, you know, a bit of, um, a bit of praxis, a bit of solidarity and organising after hours, that would be pretty interesting. That would be a, a worthwhile thing. It's, it certainly might help them earn those uh, many, many anarchy um, patches that they turned up on the art. <laughs> so many anarchy patches actually doing something constructive so yeah that would be interesting but yes the idea that you know that they're yes vampire yes please please stop screaming i'm the one who's here to help i mean these could be just entirely mundane bad actors yeah just sort of people you know people wandering through lifting wallets and phones and bags and that kind of thing sort of muggers on the fringes as it were but oh yeah, your, your usual range of bullies and abusers and so forth. And he's like, mm. yep, nope, someone is here to go, cool. Do you want the hand that, do you want the hand they touched you with? I can get it for you if you like. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so, uh, and, and the, the crossover between the two ideas, between mine and John's, is just the idea of both of these things occurring at the same time, so that you've got a pack, I don't know how you'd run the game, but a a pack of people who are there for their first Gen Con, seeing all this weird shit, wondering what to do about it. You've got a few vampires who really just want to play a, a few hands of magic and, and maybe a Are You a Werewolf game or three? And, um, you know, possibly some battle tech. That's really all they're into. They are very old. <laughs> uh, okay, I was thinking, what, Redbox D&D? <laughs> The, the, the notion of those two those two groups interacting. I mean, if this was a movie or a book, obviously the the newbies would assume that these guys because obviously they're going to figure out, oh, these are vampire these these are vampires. They must be in league with the other bad guys. It's like, no, we are a completely different set of bad guys, and we're not bad guys. Stop calling us bad guys. Uh, you've got a hilarious mixed purposes going on there for like the first and second act yeah yeah that is yeah that is really discriminatory <laughs> yeah check the policies um yeah one coherent way to do it was i think that fear the boot crew did a a dresden game one was kind of like serious and high impact and epic and occasionally they would fall back to a bunch of less serious less dangerous individuals who were in the same world and would interact with some of the same characters but they were very much 
the small fry. Okay. They were just like the Paranet people rather than the Grand Wizards and vampires and fey folk and so forth. So that's one way to, if you were, if you were to run it over a period of time, that's one way to do it. You could have characters basically have a lower tier of characters to have some sort of interact with. It'd be difficult, more difficult to do on a four days of Gen Con, but it might be a, a refreshing thing to do differently. Hmm. Yeah. Sort of bounce, bounce between the two. So you're thinking basically everybody has a creature of the night attending Gen Con character and a golly, this is our first Gen Con, wait, what's with the guy with the scythe character? Mm. And sort of yeah, bounce between them? Yeah, you could do the, the, the uh, different sort of thing. Yeah. Mm. That would be kind of cool. Not 100 on what you'd use as a system, because you either want something that can sort of have have that wide range, because at some point they're going to end up interacting. You're going to end up with one of them in the, the other game. It's just bloody inevitable in my bitter experience um so you you either need a system that can can cope with that sort of a a hero sidekick thing like the uh the buffy rpg had or one where it's just irrelevant Mm. yep if you went very narrative-y or a bit narrative-y that would um that would maybe do it trying to think of a specific there's the the ever-present fate accelerated Mm, you're still dealing with a scale thing there Effectively, you're dealing with you are dealing with two different like quanta of mm. of you know of literal physical supernatural power. But I think you would actually drive it off the how important is the situation to the given character. So if you know you're you're, you're plucky young, going to prove herself character is playing magic against the antediluvian. It means a lot to her. And not so much to the vampire. So maybe they actually have the edge in that situation. Mm. So nobody wants to die. So yes, they still have the, a good chance of surviving various things. But for the, the reasons aren't so much just intrinsic to the character. It's more intrinsic to the story. Not sure how you do that. That's an interesting... Almost sounds apocalypse engine Eh, not so much. Because you're dealing with... I, it actually reminds me a little bit of Wonder Home. A little bit. There are, mm. there are things that characters can always do and the things that characters um, basically trade the currency of the game and, and so forth existing. And that, would be, that would be a whole thing, mm. but also one of there, there are other rules framing that as it being a, a journey of, um, relative, of, of reflection and, if not like ease, of uh, comfort of, you know, if, th- if things are brought up that are... are difficult they are addressed as being difficult and sort of as a healing kind of game so yes that's an that's an interesting thing the idea that the the plucky sidekick always gets rescued at the last minute that's that's one of the things that happens to them it doesn't doesn't matter the the hero the hero will end up doing it a lot of the time of course but it's actually down to the plucky sidekick that they get rescued every time by some happenstance. Okay. so it's actually intrinsic to their character and you know yeah. and, and that the rules of the world are based around that. It doesn't matter if the best assassin in the world or the, the mightiest vampire warrior or something is, 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 is after the character. If they like, they always manage to, to, to escape at the last second is their thing. That's their thing. Hmm. It's a particular sort of game. 
Not very realistic. Yeah. But yes. But kind of fun. Yeah, it could be. So that's that's where I went with that one. To be fair, I'm not... I was sort of thinking of how you apply this to other conventions, and because I have a fairly limited exposure to other conventions, I'm assuming... I'm assuming this probably only works at very large events. I mean, most of the science fiction conventions I've been to, this wouldn't really work because there's not that much stuff occurring overnight. Yeah, there's, you get some evening and some late evening. That's about it. It wouldn't it wouldn't work as well. I suspect some of the big like, sort of your 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 big gaming conventions, like sort of electronic gaming conventions, would probably work. You'd always have sort of fog and howling winds and all sorts of other things to, to, to crank up the atmosphere. It's other. It's not just that it's huge. It's more that it's bleak. Mm. It's more the 24-hour bit that I was focusing on, but yeah. Oh, right, right. Eh, maybe it's just hardcore. Maybe it's just, just one of those things where it's acknowledged that this goes all, that, that this goes all night. It is a particular mm. a particular thing if you're, you're doing it about the diurnal... Um, Sorry, one of the first things you made me think of is like a vampire with like several levels of, you know, enhanced perception and great hearing and shitty soundproofing stuck near a flat of people playing, you know, loud music during the day. Yeah, that would be hell. <laughs> mm. On the other hand, I suspect that um, that flat would very soon have a series of unexplained neck explosions. <laughs> Hypothetically. It's terrible, officer. I bit this man's neck and he exploded. <laughs> totally unexplained. Yeah, why, yeah. why am I covered with blood? It's a skin condition. Oh, don't worry, it's not mine. Mm. Oglaf cartoon about that. Indeed. Yeah. A giant leech threw up on me. <laughs> <laughs> many, many terrible excuses for being covered with other people's blood. Yeah. I'm a bloodogram from your secret admirer. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a disgrace. Disturbing comic that is. I, I, I love the fact that there are actually safe for work Oglaf. Not many, but some. Very, very few. Indeed, <laughs> so few. So yes, that that was us attempting to do Gen Con Gothic. Mm-hmm. Alright, so under normal circumstances we'd be announcing what the next episode is, but we already did that last time, so that one's that one's taken care of. We have the big red Christmas episode. Hopefully the theme for that one's relatively obvious. And indeed shows our, by which I mean my, startling lack of imagination in the Hey, let's do a Christmas episode. But it is the time to announce the exciting and enthralling topics for episode 169. First up, from Terry's list of movies, we have Star Trek. Is that Star Trek the motion picture? Or just Star Trek? I'm I'm not sure. I mean, it, it just says Star Trek, so it could have been the motion picture. It could be any of the following yeah. movies. Well, I'm that one. genuinely hazy on how many there are, but I'm assuming it's double digits at this point. Or mm-hmm. Presumably any of the TV series would work as well, so there's a rich tapestry. We well, hadn't said Star Trek, the animated series, which is good, because then we would have to shun him. Hmm. Star Trek um, Prodigy is for kids, but not bad. I've not seen it. I am I am currently re-watching Star Trek Enterprise because I had been watching Star Trek Discovery and then they took it off Netflix, which made me sad. The bastards. All right, so that was the first option, being Star Trek. The second option is 
Spinal Tap versus Cthulhu. Thank you, John. From Taz, we have Everyone is John, Wick. And from Terry, we have I set the filter to adventure. So there we have it. Options for the new year. What 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 will we come out of the gates talking about for for twenty twenty two? Space year twenty twenty two. Good grief. Uh. That is one of the nice things about Enterprise. They're just using regular dates. Because oh. I never understood the start date thing. Apparently, it's got something to do with series number, but I'm hazy on the details. Oh. Ah. Hmm. That must be a hot mess by now, but yeah, okay. That's oh, fair. yeah. <laughs> it makes no sense whatsoever. I think cool. they are consistent within a given episode, but that's about it, is my understanding. Stardate arbitrary string of digits. Point four. Indeed. Point three. <sighs> so, thank you for listening to our episode, gentle listener. We hope you'll be back for episode 168, the Big Red Christmas episode, which uh, will be dropping around Christmas so I suspect the download stats on that one are going to be really weird. And um, have yourselves a good one. Uh, it is a, um, a, a pleasant good morning and thank you for listening from me and from Ben. Good night. And yes, may we see you f- with our festive finery on, which in New Zealand, because also a pair of short shorts and uh, a singlet. And, and your special Christmas sandals or something. Yes, yes indeed. Was that just indeed. my family? Well, no, your 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 regular sandals, but may uh, but maybe with some of the uh, some of the stuff knocked off them, and some Christmas socks. Hmm. Yes. Sandals and socks. Whereas on this side of the world, it will be cold. It probably won't snow, though. I'm hoping. And pigs in blankets may be involved. Sorry, what was that? Pigs in blankets. It's it's a thing here. Tiny little sausage uh, wrapped in bacon. Right. Okay. Mm. Indeed. So it's basically pig. Wrapped in differently sliced pig. That sounds way worse when I put it that way. <laughs> yes, Lisa. They all come from the same magical animal. <laughs> Indeed. Yes. Extruded pig wrapped in sliced pig. No, this is going nowhere good. Thank you for listening, everybody. Have a good evening. Thank you. Goodbye. Want to hear more of our shenanigans? Then go to hoarde.net and click on the button that looks like a couch. The Big Red Couch is released under Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 3.0 Unported from creativecommons.org. All music on the show comes from the album Universal Fluff Theory by Krakatoa. Visit them at krakatoa.com or follow the link from our page. See you next time.